You're listening to Deal Talk with 7MA, providing invaluable insight into investment banking and the M&A space through honest conversations with industry thought leaders, business pioneers, and innovators. We'll pull back the curtain and give you the inside scoop on trends in our targeted industries and provide you the tools to better position your company in today's market. We are back on another episode of Deal Talk with 7MA, and today we're highlighting our healthcare and life sciences practice. I'm joined by the heads of that practice, Andy Johnston and Ben Garber. To set the stage for today's discussion, Andy, why don't you kick things off by giving us a brief overview of our healthcare and life sciences coverage team? Thanks, Ariel. Pleasure to be here. So at Seven Mile, we think about healthcare in a couple of categories. It tends to be technology and services companies whose end clients are care delivery. It could be life sciences, a drug or device company, or it could be a healthcare payer. Um, It's an interesting niche of the insurance industry as health insurance tends to have a lot of unique requirements that aren't found maybe in property casualty or or life. So within that definition, we work with uh, management-owned and private equity-backed and and sometimes publicly traded companies who are providing revenue cycle management, electronic medical records, practice management, could be operational or management consulting to the healthcare industry, and typically involve subject matter experts that are involved in optimizing care delivery, helping to adapt to new regulatory or process requirements, as well as claims management, whether it's from the payer's perspective or from the provider's perspective, trying to optimize the claim for reimbursement for providing healthcare. Uh, And with me here is Ben Garber. And Ben, I'll let you elaborate a little bit more on what we mean by the term healthcare. Thank you, Andy. Uh, And Errol, thanks for having me. It's a, a pleasure to be here today. Many of our clients uh, match the cycles of the healthcare industry uh, more broadly, where you, you see integration right now between payers and, and health systems and, and provider networks. And then often those, those come back apart. And we're seeing the same thing with technology and services companies, where historically uh, tech companies wanted to say pure tech companies and services companies operate as pure services companies. We've been increasingly seeing them come together as uh, the services are needed to augment technology and uh, support clients, as well as often act as the front end of that that sales cycle. While simultaneously, we're also seeing prior combinations, I think specifically of NThrive, a revenue cycle management technology company backed by uh, Toma Bravo, that has now been separated again back into its original service and technology components. So like the, the healthcare industry more broadly, our clients, draw a mix between pure technology companies, services companies, and then managed technology services companies in between, uh, follow these same cycles and the, the broader themes of the industry, selling into payer, provider, life science, and pharma, while all generally moving towards a, a more interconnected data environment uh, to support the delivery of care and, and better outcomes at lower costs. So you guys were just down at HEMS last week. Um, I was hoping you could expand on some of the themes that maybe were prevalent um, with the companies you were meeting with down there. We were. Uh, We got to enjoy uh, the Orange County Convention Center. It was great, honestly, to be back at a full-scale in-person conference again and really have some time to interact with people live. Um, You can only do so much sometimes by Zoom and conference call. So HIMSS was about apparently 75% attended compared to their last fully attended event in 2019. 
uh, but you definitely felt the uh, scale of the event. And I really noticed some interesting themes emerging uh, from attending that conference. The first one I'll call out is the focus on cybersecurity. I'd never seen a dedicated exhibit area just for that category, and it was quite full. Um, It showed, I think, the intense focus that the healthcare industry is placing on cybersecurity. And there were some interesting mix of vendors. There were some folks there that were pure play healthcare, dedicated cybersecurity specialists. So those folks had just an intense focus around regulatory compliance, the niche specifics to healthcare, maybe to the exchange of patient information. You know, there, there are just some amazing requirements that the healthcare industry generates that are found almost nowhere else with all the interoperability and the handling of very sensitive information subject to HIPAA, among other, you know, hosts of other regulations that can really trip up a provider of any scale. Uh, and then there were some cross-industry, I would say, cybersecurity companies um, that aren't specific to healthcare, but it developed uh, a solution uh, particular to that area. They would say they bring experience from other regulated industries like financial services, insurance, maybe justice and government. You know, they bring to the healthcare space, which they would argue gives them a, a different perspective. And some are providing uh, technology platforms that require you know, installing and running in the systems. Others are providing expertise. It could be like a fractional chief security officer uh, or best practices and compliance services, which don't require the installation of software, more like the application of specialized knowledge. So I, I thought that was really interesting uh, to see, uh, especially for our firm, because we've been covering cybersecurity and managed security services companies for a long time now. And that, that was an interesting application uh, into the healthcare space and you know a space I think we know really well. And that's very attractive to uh, investors and buyers because they see in a huge emerging and, and enduring need for cybersecurity solutions. And I think it plays well into another theme uh, around digital transformation. That's a term that's been used uh, really in a lot of different industries. It, it's very much apparent in healthcare. And at HIMSS, we saw what I would consider the usual suspects in the digital transformation space for you know, enterprise software and technology. That includes, by the way, players coming in from other geographies. So for example, Latin America, Eastern Europe, even South Asia, who had developed a really a robust scale in providing those type of digital transformation solutions, whether it's systems integration, application customization, or, or custom application development and testing solutions. And specific for the U.S. healthcare market, which is really unique in the world compared to other healthcare requirements, um, and they were at the conference demonstrating their capabilities, you know, networking with potential clients and partners to demonstrate their appetite and interest. And you know, I think those digital transformation firms they saw a lot of need for interoperability, you know, the requirement to exchange information in a secure manner. Uh, to transport information across systems, even across applications, you know, from an insurance company's records over to a provider's records. And then just the the nature of the healthcare system, having so many independent healthcare systems that treat the same patient who might need to coordinate care, um, who need to exchange information in a reliable way. They're seeing, uh, for example, the 21st Century Cures Act, the Trusted Exchange Framework and Common Agreement, the TFCA is coming down. It's really driving even more demand for health information exchanges, which are, you know, I think a great tool and really jumping off point for a lot of digital transformation companies. So we've seen maybe Diameter Health and Redox out there 
you know, in kind of a center point of a lot of digital needs that are emerging, whether it's in response to regulatory requirements or just the emerging way that the U.S. healthcare system is trending towards, you know, digital information and trying to empower their care providers to use digital information uh, to more effectively treat their patients. Uh, Ben, what did you see? Andy, you hit on some overlapping topics here, and I, I think it's really interesting to think about how as the industry is moving towards greater interoperability and exchange of sensitive information across interconnected systems, how that is opening up uh, simultaneously for more exposure and vulnerability to cyber attacks, which are on the rise uh, with increasing consequence. And curious uh, how you think the uh, digital transformation services providers that are migrating systems or performing the um, systems integration, you know, are, are helping to respond to this. You know, we're, we're seeing companies like Microsoft that launched Azure Healthcare Cloud, which is their most recent vertical specific uh, cloud offering. Salesforce has also launched a, a healthcare specific offering. And then you have more, you know, security focused uh, cloud offerings like CloudWave with their healthcare vault backup and, and uh, information backup and, and security is really where, where that managed cloud service provider you know, really emerged from. But as you have more health systems and insurance companies slowly migrating from on-prem and adopting cloud applications and cloud hosting in the public cloud or intermediately in, in, in the hybrid cloud, it's opening up greater exposure Andy, I'm, I'm curious to hear from you, your, your thoughts about, you know, where cybersecurity overlaps now with this move for greater connectivity and where the service providers, you know, may fit in in between. Yeah, it's a great question. I, I think you can't say digital transformation without saying cloud. And I think to your point, cloud adoption, especially public cloud providers like Microsoft or Amazon or Google ran very contrary to the culture of most healthcare organizations, which were... First instinct was to keep it insular, keep it on their platform under their control, but that's no longer viable, I believe, unless you're you know, one of the largest healthcare systems in the country, you're going to have to interoperate. And a lot of vendors, whether you like it or not, are migrating to the cloud. The good news is the cloud providers are coming to meet you in the middle. So they're, they're getting better about out-of-the-box capabilities that align with the needs of the healthcare system. But I, I believe that they're going to have to find ways to adopt concepts like identity and access management. Uh, you know, Okta was one of the exhibitors there with a pretty large presence. And they would say, you know, the whole reason they exist is because you have to pass information around. And sometimes you don't control where it came from or where it's going. And you may have to control your particular portion of a transaction and use what's called zero trust, which is you, you can't rely on the information that was passed over about source and destination. You may have to revalidate it yourself before you allow a transaction to proceed. And fair or unfair, you know, the buck stops with whoever encounters a breach. So if it's your system that exposed it, you're gonna get blamed even if it was a downstream or upstream vulnerability that resulted in your breach. So I think that type of a concern about protecting information while the business need to continue to be more seamless in the integration and especially response time. You know, it's becoming more important to move information quickly. That gives cybersecurity 
less time to validate and investigate before proceeding with the transaction. So I think that needs only going to increase. And I think when you look at things like population health and aftercare treatment measurement, where you just have more and more third parties getting involved in looking at your patient's information, it's going to be an endless, practically speaking, demand for expertise in that space. So I I predict the, the consulting and service providers they're definitely going to continue to develop a healthcare vertical expertise, and they're probably going to stack it with some cross-functional or cross-industry subject matter experts that might have an expertise on hardening public cloud environments or identity and access management, or if you're going to pull in a, a third-party data analytics package or artificial intelligence, how to handle confidential information like patient and electronic medical records in those type of environments, which in a cloud deployment could really be completely done on a third party's infrastructure, but you as the healthcare provider are still responsible for protecting that information. So from our perspective, when you're looking at M&A needs and the reason why a company might be interested in acquiring a complementary solution, it really opens the menu of uh, potential very complementary and industry specific solutions that could be a of need to some of the broader enterprise digital transformation firms that we cover. Andy, those insights are illuminating and it's going to be a, a fascinating next decade that, that we're seeing here. It has that the healthcare industry in general maybe catches up to what we've seen in the past decade across other industries that were faster to adopt digital technologies and, and move through that curve. Another topic that, that you touched on uh, that was very much top of mind is government's role in regulation and uh, creating urgency to adopt these technologies and compliance with the standards and the, the cybersecurity uh, mandates that come along with them. Biden administration's executive order on the software bill of materials, very much as we're seeing companies adopt deeper and deeper software stacks to deliver there are services or customized analytics. On the, on the commercial side there, you have CMS uh, officially adopting Snowflake, uh, which is going to move a, a lot of the industry towards that, that vendor partnership. Companies are racing to stay in compliance while still maintaining uh, service levels for their clients. And that's creating a lot of demand for the traditional management consultants that work with these systems and help operators comply and, and, and stay up to speed. I think that the uh, pace of technology advancement is beyond even the most advanced healthcare systems and payers are really able to keep up with in-house. And that's driving a greater dependence on outside service providers uh, and advisory firms who focus on uh, these topics 110% of the time. Uh, seven miles seen this in uh, several of our transactions uh, in recent months, Colbert Healthcare Solutions uh, out of Boston that was uh, acquired by BDO, uh, is, is now BDO Healthcare uh, as, as part of their, their advisory arm. You know, that was in, in great response to their legacy client base and demand for you know, really specialized services that are informed both by operating knowledge of the healthcare system environment, as well as the IT systems that, that support it. Uh, similarly, uh, we just supported um, an Audax portfolio company, Chartis, which is you know, one of the top healthcare advisory firms in, in the industry and has been for a long time. 
with their acquisition of a DC-based payer advisory firm uh, named Crankfrog. And that also was driven in large part by uh, demand from their existing client base of health systems nationwide that are moving towards more closely arranged, capitated, and pop health programs with the payers, as well as the, you know, the, the rise of pay providers and the merge from of payers and, and different health systems across the country. So pure play technology firms very much uh, bringing on advisory to augment their, their products and assist their uh, customers in implementing them and utilizing them to the, the greatest extent possible, getting the most value. We've seen a lot of that, and that was very much a theme down at Hims, right? I, I think it will continue to be a theme uh, as the pace of technology advancement is picking up. So, so Ben, I have a question. So, you know, first of all, if you're at Hims, you couldn't miss either BDO or Chartist's booth. They, they clearly are making a big statement there about their presence in the healthcare space. And, and you're instrumental in, you know, developing an understanding of those clients of ours and, and their criteria and, and what they were looking for in the market. I'm curious from your perspective, when, when you learned about BDO's interest, for example, as Seven Mile conducted their buy side engagement, what do you think about Colbert kind of jumped off the page to you or, or how did you know that that would be a good fit for the, for the BDO strategy in the healthcare space? Yeah, so many buyers are focused on acquiring new capabilities Often right now, as we're, we're seeing a global war for, for talent uh, capacity, as well as where we're often able to, to find the greatest premiums uh, is when they're looking to open up into a new market. And BDO, while they, they have uh, a large customer base across healthcare, uh, we're really looking to add the capabilities that Culbert offered, which then opens up a new market on their advisory side. Now, what was specifically interesting for BDO and Culbert as a match was that Culbert has been a, a trusted partner of some really top academic medical centers and name brand enterprise health systems for decades. They've also been an Epic partner since the early 80s and have such a deep relationship with the, the top EHR vendors and, I mean, quite frankly, a contractual relationship that, that you don't find very often. They've formed a very stable base with a deep bench of talent for BDO to be able to grow a much larger, larger healthcare practice on top of. So uh, where some buyers are looking for you know, advanced application development and advanced analytics capabilities, uh, BDO very specifically was looking for a, a strong foundation of which to grow a much larger practice on top of. And Culbert's deep bench of management talent, as well as their stable long-term relationships with name brand customers and their vendors really pose the, the, the best fit, as well as an opportunity to uh, grow and excel for the culprit management team. So Ben, I know you also uh, led the sale of our client Ivy to Centauri Health Solutions. And I'm curious if you picked up on any other trends or, or insights on the, the total uh, or overall rather revenue cycle management space from attending HEMS. Yeah, so uh, revenue cycle management is in an interesting inflection point right now. Uh, as, as we talked about growing data interoperability and general trend of the in industry towards more comprehensive, at-risk or value-based, uh, capitated payer arrangements, 
the data that is captured by really old school uh, revenue cycle management companies uh, in their outsourced billing and collections and coding and documentation capabilities are becoming integral to these more uh, advanced systems administration providers and all the machine learning and AI that's you know, starting to creep in around the edges to be able to administer these increasingly complex uh, contracts, which is putting uh, revenue cycle right in the uh, crosshairs for multiple buyer groups as they're trying to really tech enable the revenue cycle process. So Centauri Hill Solutions, which is backed by Avery Partners, an absolutely fantastic sponsor that Seven Miles has a long relationship with, as they were looking at their customer base across payers and health systems, uh, they were looking for how can we create an even more robust data set to increase our yield for our clients, get better data, you get better outcomes, and patients are served better in the process. That's where Ivy Ventures uh, came in, where they administer uh, the provider referral networks for their health systems, some of the top ones in the country, and they own and really carry custody of the patient data from the point source starting at the original physician referral all the way through the health system billing. And as a result, I'm happy to say they've seen fantastic uptake across their system and improvement both on health system operations, but also the revenue cycle yield. And in today's environment where our health systems are still under pressure from COVID, uh, greater yield means more money uh, in the pockets uh, for these health systems to support our, our providers and our communities. Yeah, I also was struck by the number of people that, that I met with and that you and I talked to who cited uh, a, a somewhat a sense of a return to historic norms in terms of the healthcare providers, especially now had some room to uh, refocus on you know, operations that aren't related to COVID and pandemic responses. And for a lot of these vendors, what it meant was projects that they were involved in were getting restarted, budgets and funding, to your point, were being reallocated towards you know, care delivery, modernization, digital transformation, as opposed to all hands on deck focus on COVID response, which was enormously important and obviously a key priority. But it meant for a lot of vendors trying to do long-term planning with their clients in the healthcare space, you know, it upended a lot of carefully laid plans, whether that was system upgrades, migrations, you know, complex long-term changes that need careful planning and execution in order not to disrupt uh, the delivery of care. So I was struck by that. It's obviously, you know, I think helpful too for investors and buyers that are trying to make decisions and allocate capital towards growing businesses or acquiring companies that they believe will be long-term in demand and line up with their clients' long-term priorities. So that was that was great to see. And I guess it's worth circling back a little bit on this concept of uh, working with some of these clients on the buy side. And maybe you can just, uh, we can talk for a little bit about how we help some of these private equity groups, especially focus on building enhanced shareholder value and enterprise value of their portfolio companies through targeted searches. Absolutely, Andy. And you know, I, I might add that the return to normal I, has also meant really booming pipelines and financial performance for many of our client relationships, as well as their potential acquirers, uh, which has kind of flooded the coffers and created a really robust M&A environment. 
Now, that's also an environment that uh, our private equity clients have to compete in. And Seven Mile, since this is where we spend 100% uh, of our time and, and have for, for uh, many years, we have you know, deep and trusted relationships across the industry that span years on Indian and your case, you know, maybe I can say decades. And it gives us a, a unique perspective, not just on the industry landscape, but the individual players. Because at the end of the day, companies are, are made up of, of people and management teams and, and CEOs, uh, just like, you know, private equity buyers are, are people too. So at the end of the day, deals are about people and bringing people together and creating the right opportunities. So our view on the market's really informed by these personal relationships. So when we work with a private equity firm on their growth strategy for their portfolio companies, we do it as an extension of the management team. And we're really able to identify uh, some accelerating compounding opportunities uh, to either serve their clients, augment their capabilities, add to the, the service portfolio in a way that accelerates growth in a compounding manner. We've done this for uh, groups like like Sidious Tech that had an incredible presence at, at HIMSS this year uh, that's backed by Bearing Private Equity uh, Asia, which is a, a fantastic sponsor that we work with across many of their portfolio companies. And that really opened up a number of their customer accounts in a big way with the acquisition of SDLC partners here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That was a triple win uh, for SDLC, for Sidious Tech, uh, as well as uh, for their customers. Similarly for Audax uh, and Chartist's acquisition of, of Crankfrog, that opens up an entire new industry for them. And what I'm happy to say across these transactions, when I follow up a year later, I get astounding uh, feedback from the business owners who have sold into these platforms just at the uh, expansion of their business, the acceleration of their revenue as they sell across the acquirer's customer base, the added services that they're able to deliver to their own clients and expand their, their accounts, and the uh, promotion of their management team on a larger platform to take you know, really industry-leading roles on a bigger stage. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great way to help our private equity relationships you know, build value faster through acquisition than they could through organic means. And then also we find it to be a great way to get to know the acquiring company so we can help articulate their presence and differentiation in the market uh, if we're fortunate enough to have the chance to take that deal to market uh, when the time is right. So it's, it's a virtuous cycle. You know, we also have a couple of sell-side clients in the market, at least as of the time of this recording, uh, one in the behavioral health, electronic medical records, and revenue cycle management space. That's a pretty exciting one. Uh, and then another one that's in the payer space, working on workflow automation and business process management. Uh, maybe, uh, Ben, you could just spend a, a minute on the behavioral health one, because I think that's a, got a lot of interesting parts and, and a presence in the market. Yeah, Andy, and uh, it's attracted a, a phenomenal amount of diverse attention and also touches on an earlier point that we had talked about, which is the addition of revenue cycle management to a variety of different technology uh, and service offerings. Our client came out of industry recognizing a, uh, a need that they had uh, as, as a very large uh, behavioral health operator that, that was not being met and has built a industry-specific behavioral health EMR that they've now added to 
with their own CRM offering because patient acquisition and census management is the lifeblood of any behavioral health facility. And then has now expanded into offering both a revenue cycle software as well as the supporting revenue cycle services and really that data acquisition, those operations of their clients have informed the development of their software package, positioning them as the central interconnected hub uh, for a behavioral health facility to operate on. Uh, it's been a fantastic success uh, and the, the interest from the market is, is reflective of that. Great. Well, in conclusion, I would say, you know, at Seven Mile, we are focused on a select few industries, one of which is healthcare in, in the realm of services and, and technology. And fortunately for us, it does look like that segment of the market has some long-term tailwinds. It had tremendous resiliency through the pandemic. And I've definitely, you know, have noticed the investor and the buyer community have really prioritized that client segment for long-term growth. Uh, so it is fortunate for us that we have deal experience and, and company relationships and, and an industry expertise that lines up well with the market. When you look at the barriers to entry, the complexities involved and the fast moving requirements coming in from all directions, it can get overwhelming sometimes, uh, but I do think we've done a great job of organizing the market and really picking some themes that look like they're going to be long-term winners in this space and then helping people navigate the market, whether they're, if you own a business now, you're thinking about strategic options, whether it's bringing in a strategic investor or looking at a, a strategic alternative like a, an acquisition by a larger company or, or a buyout private equity group. Um, we have you know, a, a almost limitless appetite in the market to help you explore. Uh, and then if you own a platform in this space and you're looking to enhance it through acquisitions, again, you know, really from HIMS and other sources came away with some really interesting opportunities to talk about that are open to conversations with folks at the right time with the right profile. So those dynamics continue to drive M&A activity. We don't see that slowing down anytime soon. And if anything, it's only to get more exciting. And I, for one, can't wait to attend another hymns and put up with long lines for Ubers and overbooked restaurants. That's what it takes to participate uh, in that market. Sign me up. Well, Andy, uh, thanks for taking the time for this uh, conversation with me today. We are just absolutely excited about the uh, level of activity. And it is, again, reflective of the success and momentum uh, that many of our clients and buyers uh, are experiencing in the market uh, for healthcare IT. Thank you both for hopping on today. If anybody wants to find additional resources um, about our healthcare services or transactions, you can always visit the Seven Mile website um, and find Andy and Ben's contact information as well. Thanks, Ariel. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Deal Talk with 7MA. You'll find more information and resources based on today's discussion exclusively on our website. If you're looking to dive deeper into today's topics, head to 7mileadvisors.com to speak to one of our bankers today. That's the number 7, M-I-L-E-A-D-V-I-S-O-R-S.com. 
7M Securities does not make any investment recommendation for any company or security that was discussed, nor does the firm offer any tax advice. Consult your tax advisor for any tax matter that might apply to you or your business.